CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. The first strike here on Visa. I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down a very intriguing featherweight bout coming up at UFC Apex tomorrow night. Calvin Cater against Arnold Allen. We're going to talk about the, all the numbers. They have changed as the week has gone on. To help me do that, Lou Finicaro is standing by. We'll get to Lou in a second. Kevin and I are always going to join the program. And Dan Vreeland as well. And, of course, Reed Kuhn from Washington, D.C., ahead in the next hour but let's get to the man that you can follow on twitter as i do at gamble he is the host of the about business podcast and always does a fine job lou finicaro joins us once again and lou you and i spoke on tuesday shout out first strike first look you can always check that out each and every tuesday where we try to find maybe some of the the better of the numbers on tuesday before we get to first strike here on friday you know i talked then about the changing lines here between alan and calvin cater they're kind of on the move again I know you have a play in this main event, but what have you seen here from the weigh-ins today and anything that might have swung your opinion since we talked on Tuesday? Well, first, Dave, thanks so much for having me on. It's uh, it's great to come on and now be able to break these down uh, on the other side of the weigh-ins. And as far as the main event was concerned, we got two uh, professionals that showed up early on, stepped on the scale, weighed in great, looked super. So we're we're uh, 100% ready to go, and I think we got an excellent fight, and this thing's been going. Uh, I, I watched uh, Cater open minus 120, mm. then he got to plus 100, and it's percolating either side <laughs> of a pick'em. 
And I suppose that really the market's trying to tell us this is a pretty close fight. And I do think, in fact, it is a close fight, so close that I think I'm going to try and avoid picking a side and go uh, instead to the total on this fight. And let's talk about that total here because, again, a main event, it's not really a surprise here for Calvin Cater. He's been there, done that. But maybe for Allen, it could be a little bit of a different story here. Uh, for this fight, again, it is juicy. We're going to a 28-year-old against a 34-year-old. So I'm sure that Cater is going to know how to pace himself a little bit. Uh, what do you make of, of Allen in this spot at 18-1? We know he's got the pedigree, but so does Cater here. Do you think this fight potentially can go to the cards and see all five rounds? I, I really do. Uh, I, I look at the Allen side, and I'm not so certain with his body of work, even though he had a devastating knockout of Dan Hooker in his last fight, that was a hooker that's been fighting at 55, is about to fight next week or so at 55. But he had dropped to 145 to try and resuscitate himself. He sucked himself dry, had nothing in the fight while Allen looked great. I can't give him a normal amount of power. He's fast. He does pack a a little heavier punch than Cater, but I don't see him taking Cater out. In fact, I think it's going to be the fact that he's fresher and maybe firing a little quicker than Cater that allows him to use movement and that quickness to get this fight to, in fact, go over the four and a half rounds. And I'm actually going to take the thing to go to decision. And uh, by the way, you got the better of the number of minus $1.15. Right now, it's already gone up since then, up to uh, minus $1.35 here. So I think the betting market, Lou, is reflective of, of what you're thinking on this fight, too. And, and look how close this is, right? When you, look, you just talked about it, KO, TK, uh, TKO, or DQ, you know, four to one for Arnold, uh, for Calvin, it's plus 350. So, you know, yes, sub might be a bit of a longer shot for Cater there at 16 to one versus Allen at 7 to one. But decision, you know, we don't see this, Lou, plus 225 either way. So as you mentioned here, this feels about as even as you're going to get in a recent main event that we've seen. Not only that, if you are thinking about a side, why then wouldn't you take one of those (laughs) sides via decision? Now, as soon as I say that, one of these guys is going to finish the other. But I'm reading it just exactly like you are on a fight line to go over. Why not? Choose your fighter to win via decision and pick that juicy plus 225. Absolutely. And then you can kind of rest easy and just hope that uh, that goes deep into the apex here in Las Vegas. Let's get to another fight that I know you like on this. And I always say there's no country for old men. Andre Arlovsky is is kind of defying that rule, right? He's still fighting effectively now. I mean, we're talking about a champion, you know, 20 years ago here in the heavyweight division, not going to go out against a youngster or younger than him, at least, in Marcus Rosario de Lima here. What do you make of Orlovsky, a solid underdog here? He's not the same pit bull that we used to see knocking guys out. He's become more of a decision fighter, but to his credit, that shows that he can go with some of these younger guys. Now, Delima here is 37, so he's not exactly a spring chicken here. Do you think that the pit bull is a live dog here? I'm counting on the pit bull as being a live dog, and, and really the basis for that is his body of work. He's won his last four straight. The last four fighters he's fought have not been top five caliber. That said, they're equal to or better than the caliber that just beat his opponent in their last fight. So Rogerio de Lima has got four minutes of furious pace, profuse power, and dynamic explosion. 
Arlovsky, if anyone, is going to be able to manage that. He's the longer, taller fighter. That said, we're in a smaller cage, so it's going to be more difficult for him to weather that first round, and I think that's the key to the fight also. With a win, Arlovsky ties Dan Miller, excuse me, Arlovsky ties the brother, Jim Miller, for the <laughs> most wins in UFC history. I guarantee you that Arlovsky's bringing his absolute best effort to this, and that's enough for me to like Arlovsky, and I'll take a little bit at plus 215 or whatever, a half a unit, but let's go also via decision for Arlovsky. That's his path to victory is to weather the first uh, round and then pitter-patter this guy into a decision. That's a plus 300 proposition, and I think the fight definitely goes over the two-and-a-half rounds. Yeah, I love where your head's at there. Minus forty here for over two-and-a-half rounds. You, you see DeLima there, as you mentioned, maybe five minutes of fury. If you think he can get it done early here, plus $1.50 there uh, for KO, TK, or DQ. That's anywhere in the fight, not just the first round. But to your point, Orlovsky there, you can get three-to-one uh, to win via decision. I'm with you. I don't see, even though it's juicy prop there at 11-to-1 for the pit bull to get a KO, TK, or DQ, I think you're right. His days of being that knockout guy feel long gone. He's become a decision fighter. So if the pit bull is going to get it, I think there's good value there at uh, plus $3 to get that done in the full distance there. I know you have another uh, fight that you like here. Tracy on Gore is going to go up against Josh Fremd here. Uh, Fremd's going to lay about $1.55 here. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, interesting fight. And, and this is a fight really based on the history of the fighters. Fremd uh, from uh, Philly area, a uh, good, stable fighter, been at one gym his whole career. Uh, Tracian Gore, he's a young fighter that came from tremendous poverty, and, and he just he, he really needs a mentor to show him how. Perhaps now, since he's landed at Fortis in Texas, he'll get that. But he's been a nomad, and he hasn't been at a steady gym. And he just a few weeks ago got to Fortis. I think he needs a little more weathering. He's young. I look for the stability in the gym as well. Fremd and uh, Gore were supposed to fight about three or four months ago. And in fact, uh, Fremd had to get out of the fight. So his uh, teammate, Cody Brundage, took the fight against Gore. He beat Gore via first round finish. And so there's plenty for Fremd to drop on from his teammate Brundage in their analysis of Gore. For all those reasons, I think Friend is a pretty solid favorite here at minus 155. Knowledge inside of a fight camp can be very beneficial for somebody who's been there, done that. I love, I love that handicap there. I want to ask you about one of the youngest fighters uh, on the entire UFC roster. That's Chase Hooper that's back, back out there. Uh, dare I say, he's not a veteran yet, Lou, but he's starting to get his feet wet here uh, in the UFC. I, I know sometimes we try to find those angles of, you know, maybe you fade some of those younger fighters. 11-2-1 here, and he's almost a $3 favorite now. Has he, so to speak, come of age at 23? Or do you think Steve Garcia could be a live dog here? You know, I, I think uh, what I worry about here, Dave, is the fact that you got a 23-year-old guy fighting a 30-year-old mm -hmm. guy. and you're, you're talking about a, a young man facing a grown-ass man. And <laughs> so that, that's where I give Steve Garcia um, some, some lean. That said, Hooper's got training with a great camp. Uh, you know, uh, the submission specialist that I call uh, Laurel Hardy, the, the man <laughs> Hall, he fights over with Stevie Wonderboy Thompson. That's a perfect accompaniment of grappling and the Muay Thai striking karate that Stevie Boy uses. And Chase Hooper's been at that camp. 
I do think I lean to Hooper here. I think he's going to be able to submit uh, Garcia, and that's how I would bet the fight. Should I, would, if I were to use it, and that way, to your point, Lou, instead of laying that almost three dollar price tag, if you like Hooper by sub, you can turn that negative into a positive at plus a dollar forty for the young Chase Hooper at twenty three. We're watching this young man grow up right before our eyes in the octagon. Uh, very quickly, got about uh, 90 seconds, Lou. I know you do a great job each and every week on the Bout Business Podcast, also vcin.com. Check out your winners you provide all year long. Tell the people about the Bout Business Podcast and what they hear when they check in on a Friday. On a Friday of a UFC event, they're going to get 15 to 18 minutes of just releases as well as a synopsis of the previous card. We keep track. It's a business podcast. It's designed to make everyone money, maybe not by the card, but by the body of the <laughs> of the uh, whole season's worth of fights. Uh, we're profitable up to this point, look to be profitable again. And with this fight card, we sure appreciate the exposure you've given, not only about business podcast, but for me to be able to share uh, my thoughts with all the fight fans. Uh, that be sent a track. Thanks, Dave. I, I look forward to it each and every week. And again, shameless plug, check out Lou and I each and every Tuesday, first strike, first look. Lou always give us uh, his thoughts there before we get to first strike here on a Friday because those numbers do change as the week goes on. Lou, enjoy the fights, my friend. Hope they are beneficial for both of us and uh, we'll catch up again next week. Thanks, Dave. Good luck, everyone. There he is, Lou Finicaro, everybody. When we come back, Kevin Ioli is going to check in next. We'll get his thoughts on this fight card. Come on back. Just getting it started. It's First Strike here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo. 
a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for the full terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike, Dave Ross here in Las Vegas. Always a pleasure to catch up with Kevin Ioli. You can follow Kevin as I do at Kevin I on Twitter. Does an amazing job covering not just MMA, but boxing for Yahoo Sports. Kevin, every time that we get to have a conversation, my mind always goes to boxing first because we're all boxing guys, right? What's the change been like for you since the advent of MMA coming in? Because I know we always talk about scoring a lot and however a 12-round potential fight in boxing you know, maybe judges have more of a, a body of work here. Sometimes you get these three-round fights. It's much more difficult to judge. You're ringside for a lot of these things. Have you noticed that the judges, are they getting more consistent in your eyes in MMA, or is it still kind of uh, maybe a, a, a body of work still in progress? Dave, you know, I, I think the judging is better than it's ever been in MMA, but it's still not good enough yet. You know, and I think there's a misunderstanding of the scoring criteria Mm -hmm. and it's not always applied properly. And so I think, you know, that um, we have to see, you know, a a big jump in it for every you're never going to satisfy everybody. That's the thing, you know, (laughs) no matter what, uh, when you have a, a subjective opinion based thing like that. But I think, you know, it is better than it's ever been. But I think it's got a ways to go yet. Yeah, and I always, you know, whenever they go to the cards, I always say, hold your breath no matter which side you're on because sometimes it's three people sitting octagon side. You do a great job of scoring it as well uh, as you're in in fight progress, and I always see your tweets up there during the fights, which is pretty darn cool. I trust your opinion sometimes more than I do the judges. Let's get to Calvin Cater against uh, Arnold Allen here in the main event, and again, this number has moved kind of uh, each way as the week goes on, and I think what we've seen is this feels like on paper – Kevin, a very close fight. I don't want to say a coin flip, but it does feel like these guys are equally matched. What are you seeing here in this uh, main event here on Saturday night at Apex? You know, I I love the fight, first of all. I think it's a really good fight, and it's the kind of fight that's good for the division at this point. Um, Calvin Cater is in his fifth consecutive main event. That tells you that he has been fighting really good uh, elite competition for a while. Uh, But as Arnold Allen points out, that also means he's been taking a lot of punishment Mm. over that period of time. You know, my big play on this one, I think this goes the distance, Dave. I think this is one where both guys are going to be hurt. Both guys are going to be in trouble. A lot like the Josh Emmett fight with Calvin Cater last time on. But I think Arnold Allen is the guy on the rise here. I think he has a more varied attack offensively. Uh, They're both strikers. But I I like Allen in the fight to win the fight. Um, I'll lay the money on Arnold Allen. I think I saw it was $1.15. The last price was what I saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, But my my main play is going to be this fight going the full five rounds. And again, without picking a winner, just going the distance here, minus $1.35. 
If you like Allen a little bit in this fight, by decision is plus 225. So a small favorite, as, you, as we mentioned. Is that enticing? Is that price point there? Do you think an accurate one if you like Allen by decision? It is. You're talking about, you know, the fifth or sixth ranked fighter in the world and you're getting him at plus money like that. I mean, to me, that's a really good uh, number to get him at. And I like him to win the fight outright. So I think it's going to be a dog fight and I'm going to be holding my breath throughout the fight. Right. <laughs> For what happens. But I do. I do think Allen wins this. So I, I think if if you like that, uh, what is it? Plus 220. Yeah. Plus 225. Uh, 225, you know, so I think uh, Al, Alan, by decision, that that's a good play. Very quickly, just the style of fights, because, again, we always talk about it in comparisons with boxing. Some guys want to go deeper into, into a fight. Uh, other guys might want to try to get it done quicker. We've mentioned how Cater has taken some, some punishment and some damage in some of these uh, potential five-round made events. Which guy do you think would want to pace himself more? Do you think the younger fighter in Allen might want to attack the older fighter by six years, 34 years of age for Cater, 28 for Allen? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, you know, Cater uh, has shown he can go five rounds, but I think, you know, that he's taken, as I said, the punishment, the Max Holloway fight, the Josh Emmett fight. There's been a lot of uh, punishment thrown out all these fights. Kick get Chikadze, mm-hmm. you know, so I think if Allen can push the pace a little bit, he, he might feel like, you know, he can uh, stop Cater, you know, given what's happened to Cater in the past. I think Cater's one of those New England tough guys yeah. that you don't stop, you know, so I, I see this one going, but I think if, Allen may feel that way. Yeah, training there with Rob Font and those guys up there. They got they got some tough dudes up there from New England. Uh, let's get to Max Griffin against Tim Means here. Speaking of guys that know their way around the octagon, that's for sure here. You know, you, you think about Means and, you know, a little bit older. Max is no spring chicken here. How do you see this co-main event going here between two guys, 38 for Means and 36 here for Griffin? You know, I, I like Griffin in the fight, and I'll tell you why. I think, you know, that uh, a couple of years ago, I would have definitely uh, taken uh, Tim Means to win this fight. But I think, you know, Griffin has finally kind of figured it out. Now he's sort of, you know, at the back end of his UFC run. But what has he won now? Several, I think, three in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and starting, you know, starting to look, uh, you know, he lost the fight to Neil Magny, but he, he's he's looked good otherwise. I really like uh, the way the progress that Max Griffin is uh, making in this fight, and I don't think we're seeing the same Tim Means that I saw before. Given that, I like uh, I like uh, Max Griffin to win by decision here. By decision again, instead of laying that uh, minus dollar ninety five price tag. If you're picking up what Kevin's putting down, you can get that at a small plus price here, plus $1.50, Max Griffin, in that potential three-round scrap uh, against Tim Means. Because you're right, Kevin. Boy, Tim Means is as tough as they come, so I might be able to withstand that fury and get to the cards, but it not, might not be favorable once it gets there. Uh, what about Khalil Roundtree, one of the best mustaches we've seen in the UFC? And you can also fight pretty darn good, too, against uh, Dustin Jacoby here. What do you make of this matchup? Well, I tell you what, you know, Jacoby is a totally different fighter since coming off the Contender Series. You know, he had his first stint in the UFC. I think he was one and two. Uh, We went to Bellator, didn't do much, lost in the World Series of Fighting. You know, kind of was on the regional circuit, didn't do much. But now he went through the the Contender Series. He's uh, eight and eight and oh with one no contest in his last nine fights and in the ufc six and oh uh with that one no contest he has really turned it around but you got khalil roundtree who has unbelievable power he can stop <laughs> anybody at any time i like roundtree to finish this fight i'll tell you what i think it's an upset 
But I like Roundtree by finisher. I think he catches Tim Means with something. Yeah, and that's the thing with Khalil, right? I mean, it, with uh, um, Dustin Jacoby. Yeah, he, he. that's right, though, that Roundtree, when he's in there, he is not looking to go to the cards here. So by KOTK or DQ for Roundtree here, three to one, you can get there. But I'm with you. You can see why. It's plus money to go all three rounds at plus $1.50. I see it the same way you do here. I think somebody's going out, uh, and this might be one of those don't blink type fights here from the big boys at 205 pounds. Uh, You know, I'm always intrigued by the older guys, Kevin. I I will say, you know, we're we're not trying to be – we try to be impartial when it comes to money, but it's hard not to root for Andre Orlovsky still getting it done for a former heavyweight champion way back in the day and still fighting here 43 years young and really has changed his whole style, right? So used to be, you know, Pitbull is going to go out there and try to finish you. Now he's kind of become more of a decision fighter here. Point Uh, fighter, yeah. Yeah, right. Against DeLima here. Is this another fight that Orlovsky can outpoint his six-year younger opponent? Yeah, you know, I think uh, DeLima is too inconsistent to beat a guy like Orlovsky. That's how I look at it. You know, DeLima has high highs and low lows. And I, I think Orlovsky is a guy that's pretty consistent. You, you know what you're going to get out of him. You know, he's got that good jab. He's got good kicks. Um, I think you'll see him, you know, kind of creating some offense and he has that ability to weather the storm. You know, we've seen him in some fights where you go, holy hell, he's <laughs> he's out. And then he he weathers the storm and he comes back for the next round. So I, I don't think it's going to be a pretty fight, but I do like Arlovsky here to kind of, you know, weather a little bit of a storm and then just be more consistent. And I'll point uh, um, uh Delima. And again, if you think it's going to go the distance minus a dollar 20. So if that's without picking a winner there. And if you do like the pit bull here to win via decision, you can really increase that price point here to uh, to three to one here at plus three dollars for the pit bull to get that done. It is amazing, Kevin, to see him kind of have this rebirth in the UFC. I know it's not top fight competition. There's no way Orlovsky's eyeing another title run, right? No, no, no. He he knows he's okay. not there, but you know he's still a good enough athlete, Dave. That you know he can beat these other guys with smarts and athletic ability, right? He has good, still has good movement. He doesn't punch like he once did because you know you have to have that explosion and turn, and he doesn't have that anymore. But he's still, you know, he's he's 250 pounds, so he still hits hard, uh, and he's got those good feet, and, and he's a smart fighter in the ring. That that's a tough guy to beat. It really is. So it's just it's interesting to watch. The old guy in there at 43. Very quickly, before I let you go, speaking of, of age differences, you know, Chase Hooper, I'm always fascinated by watching this 23-year-old go up there against grown men. He's going to do it again against Steve Garcia, 30 years old here. What do you make of watching a guy kind of grow up inside the octagon here? At first, I thought, boy, this kid looks like he's in high school. To you, does he now belong? Has he earned those stripes in the UFC? Well, I think we're going to see in these next two or three fights with Hooper, you know, he came in because of his age with a lot of hype. A lot of people were touting him as, you know, a potential future champion, a guy that, you know, was going to do do some damage. And he started off good. And then you saw him kind of being, uh, you know, and he, and he hasn't been. He's 23 years old now. He's kind of uh, a peak athlete. You know, this is you know, 23 to 26 are your, your peak years. I think this is when he has to start doing some damage. You know, I like him in this fight, but, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in him, you know, because he's been up and down so much that I, 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 I wouldn't play him because I'm just a little worried about him. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine being locked inside of a cage at the age of 23. Kevin, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. Again, does a great job at Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Kevin. I enjoy the fights. When we come back, Dan Reeland next here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. After six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This episode of First Strike is brought to you by Yes on Prop 27 and DraftKings. Half the country already allows online sports betting for adults 21 and older. It's time to let California in on the action. There's no good reason. Your friends in New York, Chicago, Phoenix, Portland, Boston, they all bet online. But Californians, they still got to deal with some shady bookies. Prop 27 ensures California finally catches up. So vote Yes on Prop 27. Back here on First Strike, Dave Ross here with you. Always a pleasure to catch up with Dan Vreeland, writer at the Sports Gambling Podcast and Cage Side Press and host of Top Turtle Pod and MMA Gambling Podcast. Dan is a very busy man. Great to have you back in the program, my friend. Uh, before we get to the main event and the co-main here, I wanted to touch on a couple fights here that we have not discussed yet on the program. And I want to start off with Phil Hawes against Roma Delice here. A very intriguing bout in this one. What do you make of this matchup here? And it feels like it really has a potential to be a sneaky, one of the best fights that nobody's talking about a lot. I, I agree with you entirely. I, I think this is a sneaky, good fight. And I think you're going to see wildly different potential outcomes. I, I think this is a really hard fight to handicap in that, you know, like Phil Hawes is very physically strong and we've seen him look really dominant in certain performances. 
But we've also seen performances where he's been held up against the cage and it's drained a ton out of him. Mm -hmm. We've seen him get cornered up against the cage. You know, like the, the fight that sticks out to me is when he was on contender series against Julian Marquez, he got worn down, he got put up against the cage and then he ate a head kick and went out. Um, even in that, that the Sorodima Mava fight, which he, he wound up winning, he looked like he was trailing off towards the end because of the wear and tear that, you know, Imavov put on him. For that reason, I actually like the money line here on Roman Delizzi because Delizzi is a guy who, and we just saw it in his last fight, right? Who's better up against the cage right now than somebody like Roman Delizzi? He landed a knee to the belly of uh, Kyle Dawkins, mm -hmm. put Kyle Dawkins away that way. He's a guy who leans on you. He's a guy who wears on you. His cardio isn't awful. I mean, it's not, you know, the best <laughs> in the world, but who's that middleweight has got the best cardio in the world. So he, he's a guy who does a good job maintaining his gas tank and he's got crazy good power. So for a guy like Hawes, who, first of all, is at a physical discrepancy. I don't know if you saw the weigh-in pictures. He's much smaller than Delize. Mm. For a guy who's going to be in the clinch, because he, you know, he's got that aggression. He winds up in the clinch. He winds up in wrestling exchanges that don't work out. I don't like the idea of him being in there with Delize all the time, who finishes people in that spot. So, yeah, I like the money line on Delize. And, hey, it's really not worth, like, sprinkling in a little bit on KO at, at plus 450. Yeah. If you do think he's going to finish him too. Yeah, that's exactly where my head was going too. Because again, you look at the sub props here, uh, really kind of longer shots here, eight to one for Haas, 10 to one uh, for Roman here. But yeah, Roman at, at plus 450 for the KO, TKO or, or DQ for, you know, a guy that can gas and Haas, as you mentioned, if, is, if this turns into a clinch fight, he might have some opportunities to get him out there. Uh, let's talk about another fight yet that I have not brought up yet on the program, so I want to get your thoughts on it. And that's uh, Joseph Holmes against uh, young, uh, uh, young Park here. And you look at Park here, he's over a $2 betting favorite against Holmes. Is this a live dog scenario, or do you think this is priced accordingly? But I want to start off by saying I love ugly man Joe Holmes. I think he's got a ton of potential in the sport. I've seen some really impressive things out of him, particularly in his grappling, that, that made me a big fan of him. The problem is, is the only times we've seen him look particularly bad is when somebody can physically put it on him, right? We saw Jamie Pickett, a guy who I, I don't actually hold in all that high esteem in Jamie Pickett. They were about to feed him to Bo Nickel, right? Like that, that's <laughs> that's how the UFC feels about him. And he put it on Joe Holmes because he's bigger, he's stronger, and he understands pressure. And the thing is, is he's now facing a guy in Jung Young Park who I actually think is better at all of those things. Jung Young Park brings it to people. He gets in the clinch. We've seen him work really well with trips. We've seen him work really well with cage work it's to the point where, you know, like apart from the fact that Gregory Rodriguez knocked him out, he was getting the better in a lot of those like in the clinch exchanges. So I just think he's a really terrible matchup for Joe Holmes, despite the fact that I like where Joe Holmes is at in, in his trajectory. I, I'm not really loving the dog money here, and I actually think John Young Park probably gets it done. And maybe be, uh, could be a popular play in some parlay selections here if you don't want to stand alone at that over $2 betting favorite. I want to get to the young and the old of it on this card, because I am. I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm fascinated by Chase Hooper. Just watching this kid again uh, kind of grow up right before our eyes now. Now – He's an old man at 23. He's going to take on Garcia here. Steve's uh, 30 years young. What do you make of Hooper and what you've seen? Is he now, in your eyes, a guy that is a justifiable, almost $3 betting favorite? He's not. Um, and, and the bottom line is the reason he's not at this point in time is I just don't believe in his wrestling yet. Mm. Right? His jiu-jitsu is through the roof good you know like we, we've seen him bust out heel hooks and triangles and in arm bars and whatever if, if you watch his regional career he's used every submission and every single transition you could possibly imagine a guy with good grappling could use 
But the problem is I just don't have any faith that he can get it there. And against a guy in Steve Garcia, low-key, people forget how good of a wrestler Steve Garcia is. Steve Garcia has never been taken down in the UFC. Never been taken down in the UFC. So if this fight takes place on the feet, he's one of those guys that Steve Garcia doesn't actually have a huge reach advantage over, and he actually doesn't have a height advantage over. So, you know, like when when you look at a guy in, in Chase Hooper, you're like, well, he's great on the ground. And at least he's lanky, so he'll be able to, like, you know, kind of outpoint people there. He's not even lankier than Steve Garcia, and I don't think he's got a wrestling advantage. So those are two huge flags for me. I'm definitely not in on the Hooper money line. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I'm almost tempted by that, that plus 245 we're seeing on Steve Garcia, too. Well, I'll tell you this, too, Dan. Great point, because when he's going to be looking in the mirror. Normally, Hooper's going to have the height and reach advantage. He's not really going to have that uh, against Garcia. Very slight, if at all. And how about this for a line discrepancy? So he's almost a $3 betting favor just to win the fight at minus 295. But look at the KO, TKO, and DQ props for each guy. It's plus 450 for Hooper, the huge favorite. It's plus $5 for Garcia. So you're almost getting the same value here. That should tell you everything you need to know that they think, hey, if this thing stays standing, it's more of a coin flip versus a $3 favorite. A hundred percent. And I think it's less than that too because we've seen Steve Garcia throw some big hands you know, I know he comes out of that Jack- Jackson Winklejohn camp, mm-hmm. so he's got the kickboxing training that, you know, everybody's expecting him to have. I, I think he's more likely to knock Chase Hooper out than Chase is to knock him out. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I think really the only reason you see Chase Hooper's number as low as it is, is if he were to get it to the ground, the grounded pound TKO prop is there, right? The TKO by grounded pound is probably why you only see it at plus 400. If we were talking about this just being like, a, can they get it done on the feet prop? I think you see Chase Hooper at plus 1500 or something like that, right? Like there's, there's no way, you know, you see him as the same number as you see Steve Garcia by submission right now, which is, I saw 25 to one, which is aptly priced at this point in time. So uh, yeah, I, I like Steve Garcia here. And, and you're know, like, if you want to dabble on KO in decision, that's fine. But like plus 245 is really tempting in its own right. At some point, uh, I'm sure that Andre Olowski could look at Chase Hooper and say, you know, old man, take a look at my life. I'm a lot like you. He's going to look up and see a guy 20 years his senior in Orlovsky. The pit bull is still trying to get it done here, taking on uh, Marcus Rogerio de Lima. And Orlovsky is a over $2 betting underdog here. But again, we've seen a lot of his fights. They've been close, but he's been getting favorable decisions here. Not saying that that's because he's the popular former champion from yesteryear. What do you make of this fight here? Again, do you think we're in a live dog territory for the 43-year-old? You know, it's crazy. I I was looking at this card earlier, and I was kind of upset with myself because I felt like I was really chalky, and I think you cherry-picked the three fights where I was feeling real good about dogs. (laughs) Um, Because I do. I like Andre Arlovsky a lot in this fight. You know, you you mentioned he's been getting favorable decisions, but a lot of the change in decisions you've seen from Andre Arlovsky over his last four or five fights is that since training with with Mike Brown or Mike Brown down in in Florida, he's really changed his style. He realizes that at heavyweight and at his advanced age, he can't go in there and slug with every single person on the planet. He'll get knocked out. You know, he's his chin has been touched so many times at this age, he can't possibly keep slugging. So he has adapted his fighting style to be more of a point fighter. And it's, hey, is it maybe a little bit more on the boring side? For sure. Does it make for razor close decisions all the time? For sure. But at the same time, he's lasting 15 minutes against these guys who are younger, stronger, more physical than he is. And really against Rogerio DeLima, DeLima is not a super accurate striker. DeLima is a guy who wants to grapple with you. And I think people forget how good of a grappler Andre Arlovsky mm-hmm. has been his whole life. He keeps this on the feet and just frustrates DeLima. I, I totally could see him winning a boring three round. 
15 minute 65 strike performance where he wins two out of three of the judges scorecards and and you know what the decision prop right now it's only paying a little bit more than his money line right like i'm seeing it yeah. right now is is what was it plus Three 300 yeah yeah so like it's worth it to me because he's not finishing anybody at this point in his career so plus 300 for arlovsky by decision seems like a long shot but it's a lot less of a long shot than you realize we got about 45 seconds here dan i gotta get your thoughts on the main event here it feels like two guys looking in a mirror here how do you see this one going I like Arnold Dowin a lot in this one, and I'm a Massachusetts guy, so it hurts me to say that I'm not picking Calvin Cater, but Calvin Cater has taken a lot of strikes. You know, we were just mentioning Andre Arlovsky, a guy who's, you know, been in the UFC for 100 million years. He's actually absorbed less strikes than Calvin Cater at this wow. point in his career, in his UFC career. 38 fights to 11. Cater just gets hit too much to be fighting a guy like Arnold Dowin who can put out people. We saw him put out Dan Hooker. And, and yeah, Cater's definitely got the durability, but I just don't see it happen in here with Arnold Allen. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, you're right, because you never know the next fight, how much damage you've taken in all those main events that Cater's been in. Uh, that should be a heck of a main event. Dan, always appreciate the time and the conversation, my friend. Enjoy the fights. Thanks for having me. There he is, everybody, Dan Vreeland. When we come back, we're going to Washington, D.C. Going to catch up with Reed Kuhn and get his thoughts and what the numbers are telling him. Come on back. It's First Strike here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. 
Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Start your morning with VEASAN's newest podcast, VEASAN Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebaum gets you ready and gets you every piece of info you need to be ready for the betting of the day of the biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line movements, injuries, and what you need to be looking at before you make those wagers. So make the VEASAN Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Always a pleasure here on First Strike to join Reed Kuhn each and every week. Great to have mom from Washington, D.C., a very analytically driven mind. Uh, of course, does a great job covering it for ESPN and for us as well. Uh, Reed, I got to get your thoughts here because I look up and down this card, and you got some old. So Orlovsky, you're going to have plenty of data points. And then you got like a guy like Chase Hooper and the Young at 23. The models I know always want to get those numbers and get all those years uh, that you can really uh, kind of nail down aside here. What is that challenge like when you have a young fighter, but Hooper now, Chase Hooper 23, is at least giving you something to work with? Well, keep in mind that when you look at someone with a big sample size, you're going to look at the more recent events as more important. You're going to weight them more heavily. It's a time decay function. So things that happened more than five years ago, I'm just going to throw that out. So Whatever Arlovsky did back when he was champ a long, long time ago, that's not really weighing into the model. So Chase Hooper, on the other hand, yeah, not that many fights, but at least they're fresh, they're recent. I can count on the fact that that is a representation of who he is. Whereas you might have a world beater from 10 years ago who's fading. I want to know that. I want to weight that more recent performance is more important. So before we get to that main event, then let's start right there. Let's start with the youngster in, uh, in chase Hooper, 23 years of age, going up against Steve Garcia, 30 year old here. So what are the, what are the data points showing you? Because I look and I go, wow, chase Hooper's already, we know the hype surrounded with this kid, almost a $3 betting favorite. Obviously he wants to get this fight down to the ground, but Garcia is proficient in wrestling as well. What are the numbers showing? Is it too big of a favorite that your numbers are seeing with Hooper? So surprisingly, no. Um, And I would urge a little bit of caution here because uh, you you talk about sample sizes. We're actually healthier on the Hooper side in terms of data than we are with Steve Garcia. Steve Garcia, only 23 minutes. I mean, yeah, he he meets our threshold, but not by much. Um, But you mentioned his wrestling. Yeah, that sticks out on paper. He is attempting a lot of takedowns. He's converting them above average and he's weighing people down. Um, But Chase Hooper, not afraid to fight on the ground. He does have submissions. Um, But now let's look at the standing metrics. What's interesting is that both guys are fairly accurate. Both guys are fairly busy. But Steve Garcia has been dropped multiple times in consecutive fights. He has four knockdowns just in his last two fights, and that's received. He's never actually knocked someone down, whereas Chase Hooper does have some finishes. Um, Yeah, he's been dropped once, but both accurate guys, like when these guys sling, they are going to be landing. And it's a question of who can take those shots better and who's going to deliver a little bit more power. I think Hooper has the advantage here. And that soft defense on both sides is going to turn into kind of a barn burner. And that's really interesting, Reed, because again, you see this sometimes, right? With two guys that want to normally go down to the mat, you kind of get those wrestlers, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, Colby Covington against Kamaru Usman. Obviously these guys, not, not as big, but Sometimes those wrestlers, it turns into a slugfest, right? Because they almost cancel each other out with what they're trying to do to get the fight down to the ground. 
Yeah, and if you have someone who just wants to be an offensive wrestler, not necessarily you know grappler, submission guy, um, Hooper has submissions. Garcia has top control. Uh, so that's not that's also a similar like risk area. Maybe a wrestler thinks, well, wait a minute, you know, I don't want to go dive into the guard of Nate Diaz, for example, even if he's willing to let me go there. Um, so sometimes you end up keeping it on your feet. Um, but yeah, it, it's so interesting. To, these two guys have some of the worst head strike defense on this entire card, and they're pitted against each other, and they're actually pretty good with their offensive accuracy. So you will see some punches land. Well, I didn't think that might be the barn burner of the night, but what the numbers are showing, Reed, that's fascinating breakdown there. Let's get to the old of it and the old man, Andre Arlovsky here, 43 years young. It's not that uh, you know Marcos Rogerio de Lima is no spring chicken in his own right here. We've talked a lot about it, and it's no secret now. Arlovsky, as you mentioned, the data point, the old pit bull when he was champion, he's knocking guys out. That's not what the new 2.0 Andre Arlovsky is doing. So tell us how you do separate some of those old stats from years gone by versus what you've seen in the most recent version of Arlovsky. Yeah, he's still been relatively active even after 40. I mean, this is extremely rare. We don't see this very often. He's one of the oldest guys still in the UFC. Uh, but you talk about his old performances. Yeah, he he racked up a lot of knockdowns. He knocked people out. He has 10 knockdowns scored, but keep in mind, he also has 10 knockdowns received. That mm. is among the highest in the UFC on this card anyway. He's been hit in the head more times than anyone by far, uh, just cumulative. And at heavyweight, those things count, and they do add up, especially at this age. What, what leads me to make a play here on DeLima is that 82% of his punches or strikes at the head are power strikes. Consider a normal balance is like 50%. So, you know, one jab for every power strike. DeLima throws heat. He is swinging for the fences. And you don't want to get in a point striking with Arlovsky. He has shown that he can actually still outbox people. And that's not the game that DeLima wants to play. He wants to throw big bombs and test that 43-year-old chin that has taken a lot of damage. And that's why I like DeLima here. I also like the fact that he is much more likely to take this to the ground and hang out there. He's actually pinned people down there for long periods of time. So I'm seeing edges both on the feet and on the ground. And yeah, heavyweights are, are volatile. Um, you know, you can't really bank on anything, but even DeLima as a favorite, I'm willing to lay that juice. And very quickly, Reed, to that point, if this fight does get down to the ground for DeLima, you see the long shot there of the sub at 9-1. to one. Obviously, you can hurt a guy and maybe sink it a choke. It might not be your game plan before the fight begins. KOTK or DQ for DeLima is plus $1.50. Is there any value in those numbers versus the numbers of what you see? I would lean towards a finish because if it's going all three rounds, DeLima is probably more likely to fade. Orlovsky has proven, you know, he's a champion. He's proven he can go. He can ride that bicycle. And if it's staying on the feet and he's point striking, that plays to his advantage. You know, if you're trying to play both sides here, it's either Orlovsky by decision or it's DeLima by finish. Those are, that's how I see this playing out. Uh, in terms of those props, they're definitely interesting. I, I don't know what I would assign to the submission probability for DeLima um, if he does get it down, that's certainly a threat. But Arlovsky is also very experienced. Yeah. And when you think about how older fighters tend to do, they do worse with age because of the knockouts. It's not because of submissions. They actually don't get submitted more often. With age, you get experience. You learn all those tricks. Arlovsky has probably been in the gym working submission defense a thousand times. Um, so it's an interesting prop. It better pay out big 
because it would be unusual for Arlovsky to get submitted. Nine to one, if you think Delima can do uh, what Reed's numbers point to as a long shot, and it's being reflected there in the betting market. Let's get to the main event here with Arnold Allen against Calvin Cater. This number has moved a little bit as the week has gone on. Uh, Cater opened up as a favorite, went to a dog. It's been kind of back and forth here. 34 against 28. We know both these guys. Cater is no stranger to five-round main events. Maybe more of a, a new thing for Arnold, Arnold at 28. What are the numbers showing you here? Yeah, the performance metrics really stack up favorably for Arnold Allen. Now, I would argue that Cater has probably had the stronger strength of schedule. And so um, you look at that fight with Max Holloway, that's going to that's gonna really hurt your stat line. You know, you, yeah. do, you do some rounds with that guy you're going to get punched up and that could be dragging this down. But at least as it stands, Allen actually has the better metrics. So when I was looking this, you know, as an almost coin flip, um, Allen maybe as a slight underdog, I was definitely paying attention to that. So I'm not too surprised that the line flipped. Uh, you know, Cater had probably more name recognition, but Allen has been sneaky good all along. And so now this is like a really fitting test for him to step up on a main card, main event like this against Cater. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's the more accurate. He's the busier striker. He's got better defense. Cater has been pieced up a bit. Um, and on the ground, you know, Allen is more aggressive with the wrestling. So there's enough advantages here with such a tight betting line. I'm going to give Allen much more than a coin flip chance. And I would I would even pay a little bit of juice for him. Not much, though. i uh, got about a minute to go here with Reed Kuhn. You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Fightnomics, the author of a book of the same name. Let's get to the co-main here. Max Griffin, almost a $2 betting favorite against Tim Means. Is that priced accordingly with the numbers? And I know you got plenty of them on these two veterans. Yeah, lots of sample size here. They've both been around a while. They've both faced good talent over the years. I think arguably Tim Means, some of the victories more recently were on, with fighters that were on their way out of the UFC. So maybe some padded stats there. But even with that, if you line them up in terms of performance metrics, you see like significant advantages for Max Griffin pretty much up and down the, the card. So you've got, you know, he, he's bigger uh, well, at least he's rangier. He's slightly younger. He has much better knockdown power. So combined 16 knockdowns between them, but Max Griffin is doing them uh, at a harder pace. Like he's knocking people down on a per strike basis more. And so when you factor that in and the fact that Tim Means is a little bit older and more damaged, second only to Arlovsky on this card, uh, that does stack up favorably. Neither guy attempting a lot of takedowns. So this probably will be a striking match for a while, at least extended periods of time. And if that's the case, I'm going to go with the the slightly higher performing guy. That's Max Griffin. Reed, always the best uh, numbers, analy analytically driven. Appreciate your insight each and every week. Thanks to everybody for joining us and also our producers, Matt Santos and Rob Moreno, doing a great job behind the glass. Enjoy the fights, everybody. We'll see you next week here on First Strike on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 